Hello and welcome back. It's the Water Trio here. I'm with my new colleagues, Kelly Surtees and Cassandra Tyndall, and we are here to talk about the astrology of August and September 2023. How are you both gals? All ready and excited for this? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the summer, so I'm happy to talk about the astrology. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, the yeah. summer retrograde. Well, we've been having all the Jupiter and Taurus chats about gardens and everything in our pre-show, but we're going to kick it off today with Venus retrograde, which once we hit August, we're already a week into. So who wants to start the convo here about the important parts of Venus retrograde in August? I feel like Cass as our honorary Venus <laughs> shall lead us on here. Yeah, well, I mean, I have really been uh, quite looking forward to this particular retrograde uh, for quite some time, um, you know, personally, collectively, all of the things, you know, this is a Venus retrograde in Leo. So generally speaking, when Venus retrogrades out of all the retrograde planets, she don't necessarily see too often that external on a personal that external events tend to happen. But it's more this kind of inner shift of desire, like that idea of maybe what you once wanted, you don't want anymore or there's a shift or a change you know venus is a planet of desire of wanting of you know the attractive or attracting kind of qualities and i often describe her as that planet that makes your head turn you know if you're walking down the street turning at something or towards someone if you're if you're lucky so you know when she retrogrades there's just this shift of mm, do i still want that and that can come time sometimes come with problems you know when you've made an agreement or you've uh, made a you know signed a contract or you have uh, entered a pact of some kind and then you might be having those shifts or those second thoughts and thinking oh I'm not sure I want what I said I wanted before and that's why it can be that really deeply felt personal uh, desire upgrade now, in Leo, you know, she's already a fixed sign. So there may be that sort of tension around, um, you know, wanting to hold on to the thing that you said you wanted or um, not wanting to uh, shift or change in that way. But Venus in Leo, she is a, an energy that really knows what she wants and she's willing to upgrade. You know, there's no uh, two, totally. two like ways about that. So I think, you know, that element of fire coming through, uh, there is going to be uh, maybe a few hearts singed in this retrograde potentially. Um, and also too, Venus does retrograde every eight years in the sign of Leo. So coming back to maybe 2015, the summer if you're in the north, the winter here for us southerners, um, or even uh, 2007 would also be another year where, you know, maybe look to the house of your birth chart where Leo uh, is and, you know, think about what shifted, what changed, what upgraded, um, what chapters opened that may be closing or you need to uh, renegotiate the deal in some capacity, right? Now, in August, uh, she obviously is retrograde for the entire month, but once we get to around the 13th, she makes her uh, inferior conjunction with the sun. So that might be a, a little sort of phase of time where 
there's a that deciding okay I know what I want I know what I have to do as Venus conjoins her ruler you know the sun being that organizing centralizing force of our entire cosmos so it's almost like desire like the heart's desire gets reanimated mm. or refocused and that doesn't necessarily mean that the external outcomes become present yet. Like, you know, for example, if you decide to leave a job or you decide to leave a relationship or you decide to move house or whatever the thing is that you're wanting to upgrade, there is that sort of meantime period, which may be the rest of that retrograde, you know, as you start to dismantle or make the changes or, or do the things. But one thing that I think is really quite exceptional about August and the retrograde phase of Venus is around the time we get to the 24th, uh, she's got enough distance from the sun, approximately 15 degrees, where she's then out of the beams and rising as a morning star Venus. So this is uh, my uh, warrior princess type of Venus. Like she's, she knows. Oh, the morning star. Yeah, she knows yeah. what she wants and she's going to go for the jugular here, right? And not only that, she also squares her ruler Jupiter in Taurus. So right. As she's rising as a morning star, she connects to Jupiter, the two benefics. As she's making that what's known as a fascist, she's making an announcement. She's got something to say. And it might be, you know, a throwback to um, one of the shows we all love, you know, Sex and the City, showing our age. But you know, when she says we need a new word for over, you know, it's there's some yeah. kind of we're a, so over, we need a new, a new word, word for, for over. over. Yeah, yes. I mean, that may not be the case for everybody, but there's some announcement of who I am, what I want, uh, what I'm not willing to negotiate on. And, you know, Venus in Leo, this retrograde, the word that I keep coming back to is sovereignty. And Venus retrograde is always a, a phase about in my opinion, always a phase about how have you surrendered your happiness for someone or something else? But this, I might exchange the concept of sovereignty, you know, your heart's desire, what's authentic, what's right for you. I could talk about this phase for a really long time. <laughs> I have a lot to say about it, um, but I'm going to leave it there. And I would like to share some other opinions other than my own. So, uh, Kel, what are your thoughts? Have very Venusian of you, Kel. <laughs> I'm going to um, <laughs> pass it over and share the love. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I agree. I think even though Venus is retrograde every 18 months, there's something really special about Venus retrograde in Leo. You know, this is Venus retrograde in the, in the sign of the sun. So there's something very radiant here that Venus is trying to bring forth. Maybe it's an authentic acknowledgement of what desire or pleasure or relaxation or connection really looks like for you. You know, Venus in Leo is, I totally agree. Like she knows what she wants, but she also has really high standards. Mm -hmm. And I think something about this Venus in Leo retrograde, you know, it's a chance to review the standards by which we are interacting with others. It's also a chance to review the standards by which we are interacting with and engaging with ourselves as well in terms of, you know, am I acting in such a way where I'm respecting myself? You know, I'm choosing people or situations that feel genuine or where there is a sense of loyalty and trust. Um, or I am I, you know, have, as you were saying, Cass, have I like overlooked something that's really important to me and that's going to force the reflection or the reassessment of a connection or a relationship or a partnership? 
And that can be in the romantic space, but it can also be in the professional space as well. You know, when we talk about relationships and Venus, there is certainly that romantic connotation, but it, to me, it's very much about our interpersonal dynamics, which we will see with family, with friends, you know, with colleagues or coworkers, as much as we will see that in our love lives. And, you know, the idea of like authentic love um, or authentic desire, or even what truly is pleasurable for you is so, I think that's a big part of this Venus retrograde in Leo, because one of the aspects that Venus makes in an ongoing way, both before, during, and after her retrograde is this square to Uranus. And so that idea of like surprising delights or unexpected discoveries about relationship truths or about self-worth or self-esteem or self-love kind of truths and concepts. I think that's all really important. And what's interesting, I think, you know, as we're talking about August and September, you know, the, the morning star rise of Venus around, you know, the 22nd, 23rd, 24th of August, that is just going to be like this glorious independent kind of emergence but it does mean that for, you know, two to three weeks before Venus is actually invisible, you know, in the middle of her retrograde, she isn't seen in the night sky, you know, she'll vanish from the Western sky in early August. And then she reappears in the Eastern sky later in the month. And so there is something about August about, you know, that, that heart of the sun connection that you talked about past um, Venus retrograde conjunct the sun on August 13, it is very much about going within you know, you can't get the answers to what's right for you in a relationship by, you know, taking on external feedback. Like you really have to try to go inside yourself and choose for yourself. Uh, and that that can be like a little uncomfortable, but it can really add this sort of radiant, glorious expression of like, I'm celebrating my true heart's desires. And I think late August and then as we roll into September, uh, when the Venus retrograde comes to an end, you know, that's where we really start to have the flourishing or the blossoming of this new level of self-awareness or putting those new choices based on that upgraded sense of self and deservingness and worthiness that we get through the Venus retrograde, putting that into action. And so the improvements of this Venus retrograde in Leo, I think we really see start to roll through uh, late August, but mostly into September. So I could talk about Venus retrograde again, as, as you cast, like there's so much to say about this, uh, but love to hear what your thoughts on this cycle are, Leish. Well, look, you guys have carried, uh, gals have carried so much of this and I agree with everything that you've been saying. Just a couple of things I want to add really is, you know, something that I hear a lot in client sessions is, am I needy if I want, if I ask for my needs mm. to get met? And I think this is really the tension that often happens in relationships is belonging versus authenticity. And, you know, Brene Brown talks about this so beautifully in her book, Braving the Wilderness. And I really feel like this is a lot of what this Venus retrograde can be about. It's like, okay, how can I go into the wilderness, you know, separate myself out, look at the ways that I belong to myself so that when I come out into the world and I'm seeking connection, seeking partnerships, all those beautiful binding things that Venus does, I'm coming from a place of I don't need to sacrifice my authenticity to belong. So, you know, I think the the Uranus um, parts speak to the squares, Uranus speak to this. I think just the fact that this is happening in Leo, you know, you are allowed to be central in the, in a lot in the life of somebody else who's central in yours. 
So it's okay to ask for your, you know, your needs to get met. Um, and if your needs aren't getting met, that means your partner's needs are above your own. So it's really just exploring that space of, okay, what, what are my needs? You know, what does it look like in relationship for me to feel fulfilled, for me to feel centralized, for me to feel wanted, um, all those very Leo things, you know, it's, you're the, you're the main actor in your life. Um, yeah. and it's important that your supporting roles, your supporting actors are there with you too. So, and I think this is where, you know, those, the Venus not only squares Uranus, but also is squaring Jupiter in this period of time too. So there is that Jupiter juice, there are those opportunities, there is that growth, but it's the tension of the square that's like, okay, I have to to push something or change something or shift something here for the growth and the opportunities in within relationship to happen so I would definitely be saying I love that. read Brené Brown's Braving the Wilderness under this period of time if you it's haven't already it's I think it's my favorite of me those. too it's so good yeah even I own it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it must be good then <laughs> Maybe I had a but moment I, of I softening. Love you, <laughs> I love what you're saying, Leash, because I always use the, the keyword adjustment for square mm. aspects. And I think, you know, this Venus retrograde does have some big squares to planets in Taurus and your Venus is the ruler of those exactly. planets, which I think you were speaking to, Cass. So it is, it's like I have to adjust the way I'm interacting or expressing or asking for things so that the experience can be upgraded, basically. I think we'll see a lot of these, like, similar things that we've spoke about, and particularly what you've spoke about, Leash. Well, I think there is also potential to see this on a collective stage as well, because Venus can often describe the kind of the social mood of the collective, the social cohesion of the collective. And so we might start to see some of those Venus retrograde, like, I really want to go along with this way of thinking or I'm okay to have my opinions and, and things like that. So I, um, that's, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of uh, curious to see how this cycle will play out. So there's those kind of, you know, you can take these personal insights and sort of overlay them on a collective uh, mood shift as well. So I think it's going to be a very interesting summer in the North. Sure. And then we hand over during this period of time with Venus retrograde into a Mercury retrograde. And this really highlights the Earth signs. I mean, there's just so much Earth this summer, isn't there, in the north? Yeah. And, well, for us in winter here in the southern hemisphere. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah, having Mercury retrograde in its own sign is a a new, and we, I think we had that maybe, was it 20... We had like a Venus retro. No, maybe it was twenty one. But anyway, so Venus. Oh, sorry, Mercury retrogrades. What's that? Around the twenty second, twenty third of August. Twenty fourth. I've got here in Australia. So twenty third for the rest of the world. Yeah, until the fifteenth yeah. of September. 23rd. So it's going yeah. from and it's 21. kind of a long retrograde. Yeah, too. it is a really long one. Yeah, it's not its usual just yeah. kind of two and a half weeks. It's it stretches right out. So. Well, and it's this Mercury retrograde, I mean, it is in Virgo, so it's got that highly analytical, strategic, you know, it's got that I want to get organized yeah. kind of vibe to it. But it really acts as a bridge between August and September because uh, the other change, just to mention briefly, at the end of August, Mars will leave Virgo and move into Libra. 
And one of the reasons just to mention that is that's the only personal planet that's changing signs in this two month period, which is unusual because typically Mercury's changing signs every couple of weeks and Venus every four weeks. So there's this tone in August. We have a little bit more of that really um, Earth energy. Venus is retro in Leo, but we've got Mercury and Mars in Virgo, along with Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus. And so there is this sort of practical, earthy, grounded tone. Mm. And then that Mercury retrograde uh, like straddles us into really the first half of September. But Mars goes into Libra, a little bit more on the relational zone. Mm. I think that'll have a lot to do with the Venus retro. retro. Mm. Um but I mean, I don't know about you gals, this Mercury retrograde in Virgo, I know it's a retrograde, but it's Mercury in Virgo where technically Mercury has like its best sign placement. And even though I imagine there'll be perhaps some delays or crosswise, I'm really looking forward to the simplifying, streamlining, like decluttering, get organized themes. I just think it's going to be whatever the season is in your neck of the woods, it feels like it's a big spring clean energy. Like we don't want any excess. We don't like, especially with the reassessment with the Venus retrograde, like there's this real sense of like simplicity, essentials, wanting things or people or partnerships or commitments where we get the most return out of our input or our effort kind of thing. Like there's something about improving efficiencies with this Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are you girls thinking about it? Because it's such a unique signature. Yeah, it is really quite, there's a lot of juice to this in the sense, okay, we've got Venus retrograde and then Mercury retrogrades in its own exaltation and domicile. So this is a really, um, you know, pull the pieces apart so we can make it, you know, you know, put them back. I don't want to say build back better, but you know what I mean? Anyway, there is that put sort the, of... Put the pieces back together in a better or more efficient yeah, or more functional way. Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> whether, you know, uh, you need to cut back a little bit of excess. You know, Virgo is a streamlining type of influence. How can we get, as you said, hell efficient? Or how can we, you know, sharpen that sword and get more bang for buck? Like, it is trying to... Um, get the you know is the juice worth the squeeze in a particular situation and you know we're led by the heart with venus in leo now the brain is also you know taking its uh you know got its hand on the wheel as well now one thing that's really interesting is you know as this all happens you know we do have that change from mars in virgo that is efficiency central into uh mars in libra and then uh mercury stations you know around mid-september while mars is making its move through libra and so you know this can be a little bit okay what is the new arrangement now how are we going to make these things fit how are we going to renegotiate the terms how are we going to figure out what's fair or what's the balance now? And so I do feel like there is still going to be stuff in September that is going to sort of still continue to come out in the wash. We've had the reflections of the heart. We've had the reflections of the mind and the logistics and the planning and the details. And then you kind of come back Mars in Libra and trying to maybe battle or debate or, you know, have diplomatic relations around, okay, I've got to change a heart about something and what do we do with this now? And I think that's going to be some uh, interesting, juicy work for some of us. And, you know, even if you're single, like it still might be, 
where do I move from here or what do I want from here or when people are single you can get stuck in your ways you know I'm not pointing my finger at myself at all but it's like (laughs) (laughs) but it's sort of like okay well if you want change you have to change something and what are you going to cut away figure out negotiate you know there is that sort of wiggle room with Mars in Libra and so you know, Mercury's in its domicile, Venus is kind of waving the flag for, you know, what I want. And then Mars comes through and goes, well, what are you prepared to negotiate on? Or my favorite phrase, um, what are you available for? And deciding what Mm. your like minimum is, and obviously put a buffer on that minimum, and then you don't go beneath that. So yeah, I think this is a very juicy transit that's quite internal figuring out somehow how the heart and the mind can can work together and Mars and Libra is going to be figuring that out yeah I mean yeah I think the it's the the Mercury retrograde piece is you know because it's also going to try and Jupiter while it's retrograding too so you know it's in its exaltation domicile it's trining Jupiter three times for me it's okay how can we simplify how can we come back to the purest essence of what is necessary, what is needed right now? I mean, I've been doing a financial detox as part of this wealth course that I've been um, in recently, and it's been so good to kind of have this framework of, okay, I'm simplifying things, bringing this back, really helping me examine what drives me, you know, what drives me to spend, what drives me to purchase, on examining that and pulling that together so that then I can act out of a different place. And I think, you know, it's it's such a, you know, when it will simplify things to the core of, okay, this is essential to my purpose or this is essential to the reason why I, you know, I'm a human yeah. or whatever you want to bring it to. It Coming really helps you be clear. Exactly, you know, and mm-hmm. free of whatever the society or your friends or your partner is telling you who or what you should be doing. So there's almost a freedom in this re-evaluating, renegotiating within yourself. And this, I love this Mars in Libra piece that you're talking about too, Cass, of something that I think, you know, when we're doing this re-evaluating within ourselves, it's, it's knowing that I think Mars in, in Libra tells us conflict is inherent in all relationships no two humans are ever going to want the same thing at the same time. But it's okay, how do you negotiate conflict? And how do you get clear on, okay, these are what I need to get out of this situation. This is what's important to me. And so this is what I'm going to drive towards when I'm talking or negotiating or compromising with another. You know, conflict doesn't have to be this big, explosive dynamic that so many of us are taught that it is but you know if we're able to keep things in the earthy realms of um practical realistic then it can really help us move forwards and have better partnerships together so just kind of you know venus retrograde ruling mars and you know mars going from mercury retrograde ruled to venus retrograde ruled i think there'll be a lot about that piece of okay how am i rethinking things before i act um Mars can be a little bit impulsive at times, not pointing yeah, at myself at all. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, something you said there, Leash, um, about Mars in Libra, I think it's also important to take into consideration the co-presence of the South Node. 
and though they don't conjoin until early October, but it is this, okay, like really purifying or getting to the essence of maybe some habitual behaviors, whether that is with money, whether that is relationships, whether that's co, um, what do they call it? Uh, dependency, you know, yep. <laughs> especially with Venus in Leo going, I want, I need, I'm going to have. And then you've got this other dynamic that's like, well, I'm kind of done with that stuff. So, you know, there is that, um, it's a real kind of, a couple of month period where it is a real uh, relationship reevaluation, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be relationships in terms of um, romantic or intimate but although obviously that is a part of it but your relationship to something whether that is yourself whether that's to your bank balance whether that's to your job your family your pets whatever it's like really ne- negoti- renegotiating the terms of how I show up or how I behave or how I am in the co-presence of this thing and am I happy with how I show up in the co-presence of that thing is it the thing or is it me you know it's not me it's you or is it you it's me you know it's figuring that stuff out yeah yeah Yeah. so I think you know by the time we get to early October and obviously we're not discussing October but that's got I think going to be perhaps the that that kind of all right, this is where it is from here once we have that first conjunction with the South Node. Yeah, I think it's great. Like, I love what we're talking about here because we're really talking about almost two different and distinct but really prominent aspects through this period. Like that Mercury trine Jupiter aspect, we get one of them around August 9th Mm. and then we actually get two of them in September, Mm. one in early September and one in late September. And that... I'm I'm just loving these trines in for planets in Earth yes. signs over to Jupiter because yeah. it is just so it's like practical planning you know particularly the Virgo Taurus combination it's like the nitty gritty but also staying in touch with what is giving us a sense of quality of experience um, and so that piece is a huge part of it and then yeah in September with the Mars coming into Libra and then Venus direct. And then Venus and Mars will be in an ongoing sextile relationship mm-hmm. for the entire month of September. It doesn't actually perfect, like they don't actually get to the exact, you know, sextile, but they're only, you know, a degree apart for most of September in that sextile arrangement. And so that sense of what you're both talking about in terms of, you know, renegotiation in interpersonal settings or around desire and you know pleasure and relaxation some of those really key venus themes it does feel like you know we are having to have some conversations about like making things a little different than what they were and so in some ways it's like to me september and increasingly as we go through the month because then we get the mercury direct in the second half so that second half of september is like installing all the life upgrades that you have clarified in your own mind you know you're starting to act on or live out all the research and planning and the new data that you've taken in and the new choices that you've made. And then, then we go into October, which is its own other thing. Mm. And we'll talk about that in the next episode, but it feels really practical. I think this August, September period, you can actually do a lot, like whatever you want to upgrade, improve or change in your life. It does feel like there's a lot of celestial support for changing habits or breaking patterns or moving into dynamics where you are 
more yourself and you're getting that acknowledged. Yeah, for sure. And I think the Jupiter retrograde as well will emphasize and amplify this as well. So, you know, that's happening here in Australia on the 5th, so it'll be the 4th for much of the world in September. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really look at this as the kind of that master to apprentice you know, Jupiter Direct has been, okay, these are the lessons, mm. these are the wisdom, these are the opportunities that are happening in Taurus. Then the retrograde period comes up and it's like, okay, you've learned everything or these are all the opportunities you've given. Them. Now what are you going to do with it? Are you going to just sit tight on the couch and, you know, do nothing or are you going to get into the garden or are you going to, you know, make the most of the opportunities that you've been given and the 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 analysis of the mercury and virgo pace will really and the sun will come through here in this period of time as well will really help us go okay this is what i learned and these are the practical ways that i can apply it will help and benefit my life um rather than just kind of letting those opportunities go they void us up for a while and we don't make the best of Cass, do you want to chime in and add anything there? No, I think that's really great. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. It's it's going to be juicy. I love the Jupiter, you know, cycle. You know, I always remind myself Jupiter and Saturn are planets that speak to longer term outcomes. You know, in ancient astrology, they were like the outer planets, so to speak. And so the Jupiter retrograde is, it, it's not just like, you know, a stall for now, but it's like I'm, I'm really in that, wanting to make improvements and and thinking about the next stage of growth. And I want it to be meaningful and I want it to feel good. You know, there's a comfort factor of planets in Taurus. So Jupiter in Taurus is really trying to develop our awareness or expand our understanding of like how we can enjoy things, but stay calm and grounded at the same time. And I think that the Jupiter retrograde is going to be a chance to just have those really um, embodied reflections about what it is we might want to um, really focus on or centralize as we go forward. Because that, you know, there's so much of Jupiter and Taurus that's ruled or guided by the Venus in Leo pace. Yeah. 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 So amazing. Yeah. So that's it, I guess. Anything Looking else you wanted to, to add about months. this period? Yeah. I think we've fleshed it out, all the juice, all the joy. Yeah, I guess so, you get to the end of it and, you know, we'll probably look a little bit different to how we entered it. You know, things will probably feel different at the minimum. And then as we sort of progress through these months and even into the final quarter of the year, you know, it's one of those transits, you know, one of these periods of time where it may feel like a not a lot is happening, but then you reflect back and you go, wow, everything's changed since then. Yeah. So I think sometimes we can um, look back and go, well, you know, actually a lot did change. I changed my mind about a lot of things or I cut this out, I added that in. It's that, you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same or it can also be not much appeared to happen, but then a lot did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we just have a couple of minutes left. Do either of you guys have any like Venus retrograde stories from eight years ago 
I just have one little thing to share, but I also was curious if you guys had anything. Well, you go first, Um, tell us. Okay, yeah, while you put your thinking caps on. So yeah, eight years ago was, you know, the last time we had Venus retrograde in Leo. And now that I live in Canada, I call it the summer of 2015, but it was really the middle part of 2015. So that's actually when we moved house. We bought the home that we live in now and it happened very quickly And it was a big stretch for us at the time. It was like, absolutely. I don't even want to say it was at the top of our budget. It was just over. I guess like many people, when you buy a house, you're always like at the top of what you can afford. And there was a lot of choices we had to make around what are all the other things that we're prepared to like give up or sacrifice? Like, do do we want a home with this type of garden or do we want a home with this kind of walking distance lifestyle? And if so, because we're, we're now walking distance to like coffee shop or restaurant, things like that. What would we be willing to not have? Like what's more important, you know, going on holidays or eating takeaway all the time or like having, you know, this home with this different kind of experience. And so I was a bit hesitant at the time. And, and Peter was like, no, I think we should really do this. And We'll make it work and we'll just, you know, do the adjustments we need. And it's been such a great thing. You know, it, it felt like we changed our whole lives just because of it's in a different location and the house had more sunlight and all of these beautiful Leo things, I guess, sunlight and flowers. It was just heaven. Um, but that's really got me thinking, not that we're preparing to move or anything again, but it was just an interesting thing to think back what was last summer about. And there was some choices about where does pleasure come from and where does delight come from and what trade-offs or adjustments do we want to make? So I do think it's fun to look back to that yeah. time frame. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's made me know, realize yeah. that that was when we were making the decision to move up here to the Sunshine Coast, which was based around uh, money. Uh, Venus rules one of my area of finance, but also it was in my fifth house yep. of children. So it was looking at a better lifestyle we could have for, we only had one child at the time, but okay, how can we have a place that we can less costs and a better lifestyle for our child? Um, and so we moved out of the city and up here. And to the um, Sunshine Coast. Hello, Venus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, exactly. Otherwise known as heaven on earth for anybody who's not been to this part of Australia. It's very funny. <laughs> Gorgeous. So have you girls got anything coming up that you wanted to share with the listeners? In July, I have a um, webinar coming up on the nodes. So the nodes will be changing signs. And so it'll be a bit of a modal, uh, I don't know if I want to go so far as to say masterclass, but I'm going to throw all I know at you. (laughs) So all the details are up on the website for that. And what about you gals? I'll be teaching my Talking About Challenging Aspects course, um, which starts towards the end of July. And that's a four part training about looking at what, you know, difficult aspects might look like from a technical definition, looking at some of the client experiences and stories around that. And then also discussing some of the ways that you can talk about that with clients. So if you're, you know, interested in how do I talk about things that look a little bit technically challenging in a chart, that's a really helpful course. It is intermediate level. It's part of my ongoing astrology training program. But details for that will be on the Kelly's Astrology website. Cool. What about you, Lee? I will be doing a webinar on the eclipses, the, the node shift from Aries into Aries and Libra as well. So I haven't 
not laid up yet, but that'll be coming out in my next newsletter. Um, and I have, I am accepting new astrology clients for a small, short period of time um, <gasps> next month. So I'm reopening my books. Yeah. Uh, just for a small yes. period of time. So yeah, it, those who were signed up to my newsletter will get all the juice. There we go. So thanks, gals. Lovely to see you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, If you like what you hear, feel free to like and subscribe, do all the things and share with your friends and Astro Astro Buddies, and we'll be back soon with another update. Awesome. Great to have you. Thanks, everyone. See you later.